welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to Student Ministry Matters. My name is Dan Carson, and I'm thrilled to have you join us for today's conversation about student ministry. Now, on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about a challenging subject. If you're leading the student ministry in your local church, you're probably not the lead pastor. Your role is different. You may have the best and easiest pastor in the world to work with. However, that isn't always the case. So how do we honor God in the best and biggest way in our ministry? Well, we figure out how to work with the pastor God has placed us with. Chris Vines and Micah Powell are with me again today. Tell me something good that's happened in your lives today. This week, I got Monday off. That was great. Got to rest and enjoy my family. That's awesome. Man. Monday was, yeah. Uh, how did that happen? It was, it was President's Day. Okay. Okay. Don't don't you celebrate President's Day? No, we do not. I'm not a president, still so I don't get to take it off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. well. You're the president. Of my how about you, Micah? Years. I'm just kidding, man. Uh, <laughs> man, I got the I got the opportunity to to get a new vehicle this week, and so I'm nice. Yeah. You know, that's oh, every time something like that happens. It's, I guess it's a new used vehicle, so I'm, I'm very excited. It's going to be better gas mileage, you know, and better for the environment. You know, that's how that is. It's, you know, really important to me. So, Well, that's awesome. I know this past week I, I got to celebrate Valentine's Day with my wife. We went out for breakfast, which was different, uh, at a tea house. So don't hmm. hold that against me. Well, before we get to our topic, it's time for the random question of the week. And each week we'll be answering a question to help you guys get to know us better. And as a reminder, if you have a question for us, send that to info at studentministrymatters.com. This week I'm going to ask a pretty nerdy question. Um, but again, look at the source. If you could be a superhero, who would you be and why? Let's start with you, Micah. Captain America. He's classy, he's a gentleman. Uh, he says language at one point in one of the movies, yes, I believe. Love it, love and, it. and Iron Man's like, did you just, I'm sorry, we're just going to ignore that Cap just said language? Uh, he's my dude. I mean, he's he's awesome. You know, very inclusive. And he just, he's, I mean, he's like the Jesus-esque guy of uh, all, all of Marvel, pretty much to me. Yeah. Love him. How about you, Chris? Man, I, uh, I'm a Superman fan. I've always I've always loved Superman, mainly mainly because of the tights. Oh my goodness gracious, we went there. <laughs> you went there, yes. Fat in the underwear on the outside of his tights. Yeah, that was that was always weird. Dean Kane. Dean Kane was my favorite Superman. Oh yeah, man. I'm gonna actually in a few weeks I'm headed to Dallas Fan Expo and I'm gonna get to meet Dean Kane. Pretty excited about that. So really Yeah. Tell tell him I said hi. I will. I will. Well, I'm, I'm like you, Chris. You don't have to look far on my online presence or in my office to know who I'm going to pick. I love Superman. 
His power set is off the charts, but I've always identified with that nerdy guy who could somehow change into Superman. And so he always does the right thing. He's able to save the day. Um, well, let's get to our topic for the day because it's a, it's a harder one. Working with a lead pastor can be a difficult thing, whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer. So, guys, what are some reasons that that relationship can be difficult? Chris, you got any ideas? Yeah, um, I think, you know, one one reason it can be difficult is just because of different personalities uh, that, that clash. You know, I think, you know, there's some personalities that are obviously different that that mesh well together, but then there's some that that just don't. Uh, so I think that's one reason uh, there may be a different uh, ministry philosophy between the two of you. And that's that can cause some some tension as well. Um, I think one thing that. Uh, as, as I was just thinking about this question, was uh, it could be possible that when a youth pastor uh, is hired on underneath a, a lead pastor, that a clear job description with clear expectations may not have been given, and yeah. and so uh, at, at that point, you know, it's if there's not clear expectations, then that's just bad communication, and that can obviously cause some uh some tension as well so those are just some quick thoughts that i had yeah, I think, how about you Michael? i think that's some of those are i mean i have the same ones but i think you know i would even more emphasize i think there can be tension when you know a, a generational communication issue maybe i don't like maybe lack of communication but maybe just maybe a little bit of a lack of understanding from every party i mean especially if you're a student pastor or minister and you're talking with the senior pastor that's well uh, several generations away from you then you know the way that they spoke and in, in their age group is very different than we speak in, in ours and even younger than us and in and the more generations there are away from you know um, between between you it makes it even harder to communicate and so um, which leads me kind of to my something I would add to that Chris which I think all your points are great I would agree with all those but uh, I think um, some issues that, that can then pop up as well is, is not having enough time together. And that seems probably really small, but you know, the relationship aspect, uh, if you don't have a good relationship, you know, with, uh, with each other, you know, from student pastor to, you know, senior pastor, whatever the title is, you know, lead discipler, you know, you have to spend time together. You just have to, I mean, if you can understand each other, you can then, you can work out each other's philosophies and differences of opinion and you can work out the communication. And so just really time spent together uh, in the word and prayer that I think that those are some, um, some reasons that uh, it can be difficult when those things aren't being done, you know, prayer together, Bible study together and challenging yeah. each other and having understanding towards each other. And that be an open line of communication. Like, Hey, listen, you're different. I'm different, but Hey, God wants to use both of us for his kingdom. So tell me some things. What do you think about this text or what do you think about, you know, and just kind of approach it that way. So, well, simply put, it can be a challenge. Um, I've been I've been really blessed um, during my 25 plus years of ministry. I've often been the second man. Uh, the titles may have been different, and they've, but they've all fallen under that staff role. I've served as a youth pastor, family pastor, worship pastor, church growth minister, and an associate pastor. But I've also had the opportunity and the privilege of serving in the lead role as a church planter and pastor. Um, but most of my time has been working with godly lead pastors. And I, and I think about them um, over the years. I've worked with Henry Horton, Brad Hoshaw, David Pickard, Ronnie Chesser, 
Ron Fields, Wade Allen, and Kurt Shelton. And all of these men have added to my understanding of God's work and been a real blessing to me. Um, not everyone has had a similar experience, though. Sometimes working with your pastor can be one of the hardest things that you do. It's vital that you strive for success or quote-unquote success in your working relationship. If there's tension, it's going to stand in the way of God's blessing in your ministry setting. So how do we put those things in motion to be successful? How do we make that happen? Today I've got five things that we're going to kind of work through and walk through together that I think are, are beneficial as we try to build that relationship. And in turn, uh, it'll bless our church. It'll be beneficial to our ministry as well as our lead pastor. Um, so it's just important that we, we take some time with this and, and really work on it um, because you can be, I mean, if you're full-time, this really impacts you because this is the guy that you're working with all the time. But if you're a volunteer, you're still, that's who you're working with. And you may have a different idea, um, a different ministry philosophy. And you need to, to figure out how this is going to work together. So the first thing that I have is an understand your pastor's position. Your lead pastor has been placed in this role for a purpose. He's God's man on the scene. He is the under-shepherd following God's leadership to feed, protect, and guide God's people. He'll stand before the Father and answer for how he pastored his flock. You may not like the decisions that he makes, but that doesn't change the fact that he is the leader. Now, if you're serving as a staff member, your primary role is to help fulfill the vision and mission of the church, which is led by the pastor. It isn't about your agenda. You don't need to lead your areas of responsibility in a way that contradicts your lead pastor. It's better for you to step out of the way than to head down a road that will only hurt the church in the process. If we insist on charging down that path, it will only hurt our families and our reputation. We must remember our place of service. And let me stress that this isn't about knowing our place, um, but it's about understanding our role. Our role is to help support that pastoral ministry. Uh, we may be a pastor. That may be God has placed that calling on our life, and we are pastoring the students. Um, we're pastoring a, a part of the congregation. But many are part-time. They're working as a, a volunteer. They're, we need to understand that this is a support role. Now, one of the things that, that I would ask you guys is, what do you do when you get to that place where you realize you you understand the pastoral role, but you don't feel like you can stay where you're at? Um, you feel like it's best to get out of the way. How do you handle that? That, that I mean, I know that's a tough question, um, but what are some quick things to do in that place? Ask, could you ask me that question in a different way, Dan? I may try to approach it from somewhere different. Give me a different perspective of what you're Sure. Uh, give me a some Sure. You know, there are times when we realize that we can't, um, whether it is in uh, because of a differing um, ministry philosophy, um, that we have to step out of the way, that it's best for the church uh, that we do that. We, we understand the pastor's position and his role within the church, and we realize that um, – I'm going to keep bumping heads with him because of this. Um, and I know this is a hard thing to start with in our conversation, but how, what do we do at that point? Is it, Oh man. Yeah. Do we just have some experience immediately there. resign? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think a lot of prayer and I mean, of course okay. the disciplines, you know, but 
you know, as I've had this happen, just being transparent, this happened uh, twice in the six different churches that I've been a part of. And, um, <clears throat> and before I get to my answer, Dan, if I could expound for just a second, kind of, I don't want yeah. people to think I'm some crazy divisive <laughs> lunatic or something, but you know, uh, cause I'm not, I, I love, I love every, ch- every chance to serve God is an amazing opportunity. And, you know, it's, and I take it seriously and, you know, but as but I think there needs to be kind of a vetting process before we even step into a role, that's a support role. I think there needs mm. to be a larger okay. interview process for, for all of us that instead of just saying, you know, the, the months that it takes to interviews one person you know over three to six months there could be two to three interviews where the church only really hears you preach or hears your heart and then that's it and then they want you but they don't even know who you are you know they don't even know your personality type or you know the i guess the the ox poo as it's been referenced before in the old testament many many blessing comes from the ox you know it produces a lot of fruit but there's in the manger there's going to be ox poo you know, and so it's good to have a worker yeah. work in the field, but you got to know, I guess, what that poo looks like for all of us, what that struggle is for all of us. And and so I think there needs to be a better vetting process for, for all of us preachers and pastors and for our leadership, senior leadership. If you're listening, that's, you know, we need to have a really good, clear, long interview dating relationship before we, we bring people on. I just think that that would help a lot of those younger guys. So now my answer. <clears throat> um prayer you know when, when you start noticing yeah. difference differences of opinion I, you know i think a lot of younger people are tempted as i uh i have been tempted to to think often about the pessimistic side of a person rather than the redeeming qualities of a person and so i i immediately i'm gonna start praying and i'm asking god why why these things exist if it's tension and if it's something that's a divisive thing within me or is it something so i I also start seeking counsel it's the second thing i do is seeking counsel on some some things and i I don't really reference uh people i'll reference openly to some friends of mine i'll say man you know um i'm struggling with this philosophy that i am seeing um, what do you think about it? Instead of having a position, I'll, I'll ask my friends. And Dan, you've been one of those people before. And Chris, I imagine you'll be one of those people for me, you know, one of these days, uh, sure, surely. But uh, when those philosophies come up and those differences of opinion, I, I try to to find that counsel. And then thirdly, I try to, you know, as I've sought counsel, I've prayed and I've gone to the Word, and I try to see if I can, um, if I can handle this forever if this is something that I can deal with forever and, and if, if it's something that it's worth uh, struggling in this way or this having this tension in this way um, if it's if it's worth it if it's if, if I can keep a good working spirit um, uh, and keep, keep my heart sum- submissive to God or if this is something that will I won't sleep at night and because I you know I have my family and my health and and also hit the church's health and his health and you know, I, I never, I just want to say this before I, I, I go on, but you know, guys, I never think it's a good idea to just leave a church because of differences of opinion. I never think that's good. I, I don't think you'll ever learn to work in a cohesive environment with other people and learn to play well with others. If you keep doing that, um, I think it's, it, you know, when you join a church, it's your family. It's not a, you're not working there. You're, it's a job for sure. And it's a career and it's a great opportunity, or even if it's part-time or volunteer, but that's your family. And we need to treat it as such. And so we can't just have somebody just 
kick them out because they're doing wrong. So, and then to close with my kind of some of my thoughts, um, as, as I want to try to, you know, pray for my pastor, pray for the situation. And if, if I do feel that I can't continue, then I, I will take, <clears throat> typically I'll talk with, uh, I will have approached already the, the pastor and, and told him some concerns that I've had. And that's kind of my final, um, deal in the process at, at that point, if it's received well, and you know, there's a, an, a, an openness to talk about it and to deal with it, then I, I am immediately like, okay, this can work. And let's, let's, you know, let's do, um, let's, let's restore all the relationships and just have an all on good attitude and let's just talk about it and work on our communication. And, but, but if it's not received well, um, then I, I will probably tell him within a couple, couple weeks or months, um, that, that I'm probably going to look somewhere else and I'm not angry and, and you know, cause I don't want to, you don't want to do anything out of anger, right guys? <laughs> um, right. You just don't. And, uh, it just, you know, but if it's for your spirit and for the spirit of others and for the protection of the church, like I, I have, you know, I have resigned before just to protect the church alone. Uh, you know, I've discipled my replacement and then I, I, uh, saw that God was, uh, moving in a, a direction with the leadership that uh, I was no longer a part of in that, in that plan. So, I, I mean, I left quietly and it was a wonderful thing. You know, uh, some students stepped up and started teaching and it was wonderful. Several surrendered to ministry under that guy. And he's now, you know, a student pastor in a, in a bigger context. It's a wonderful, you know, and, uh, you know, I think just those are kind of some thoughts I had, I guess, towards, uh, hmm. towards, um, do, I guess, achieving unification either way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we have to start with that understanding of, of the pastor's position. And then as Mike has shared, what do you do when you, when you hit an impasse or you feel like you have to figure out what's next? Um, so kind of going back to our list, understanding your pastor's position, number two, pray for your pastor. And that's one of the things that Mike had mentioned. Your pastor may be your best friend or may be pretty far down on your list. Either way, you should be praying for him on a daily basis as he seeks to dive into God's word in preparation to preach and as he serves the body. Not only will prayer undergird his work, it's going to soften your heart as well in that process. If there's a struggle between the two of you, speaking to God about him will open your heart to understanding. Now, in addition, you need to pray for your pastor as an example to your students and to others in the body. They need to know that you're praying for him. Um, so, gentlemen, what are some specific things that we can pray for our pastor about? What are those things that you might lift before the Lord about about your pastor? Chris? I think when we do the first thing that you said, when we really um, understand and we've thought hard about all that goes into being the the lead pastor of of the church, no matter the size of the church, uh, to know that that he has been... Uh, position in a place to be the uh, the shepherd of of people in that sense, with Christ obviously being the head, then that that brings a lot of things to mind about just uh, different pressures that uh, that he faces and that uh, that come to him in just a regular on a regular uh, basis. And so I, I think it's important to to pray for his spiritual health and also for his physical health. Uh, I, I believe. Uh, like in a, in a in another episode that we've talked about, that idea of uh, self care, uh, I think it's really important that we um, that we pray for our pastor in that way. That may sound not as spiritual as as something else, but um, 
but I think it's very, very important that uh, that we pray that uh, that he would uh, be someone who is taking care of himself physically, and that that the Lord would allow that be, to be something that that he takes seriously, and but more importantly that uh, that he would be someone who's not just standing up preaching once a uh, once a week, but uh, that he would be someone who is. Uh, constantly growing in his in his own faith and and to be actively looking for ways that we can help support him in that uh, in in a very complimentary way, not in a condescending one. I think it's important that we pray for his family, um, uh, depending on just the situation, whether it be his just he and his wife, or if he has uh, kids. Or I, th- I think we need to pray specifically for. Uh, his leadership over his family and just for the different dynamics that come uh, in that situation. And I think it's important also that we pray that the Lord would open our heart to just be aware of different ways that we can help lighten his burden and and to know that, that we've, uh, we've each been called to a particular ministry context and that we are working together uh, for, uh, for the Lord in that, in that church and serving alongside one another. And so to be uh, open for the different ways that we can uh, bear one another's burdens in that sense. That's good. That's good, Chris. Well, let's go ahead and look at number three. Uh, number three on our list is we need to communicate with our pastor. Um, one of the best things that you can do for your pastor is to simply keep him informed. Um, I had a pastor um, at one of my churches, and he gave me great freedom in the ministry. The one thing he wanted the entire time was to know what was happening. <laughs> so that way, as church members would come to him and ask questions, as they would they would know what's happening. Plus, he could also keep me from doing something stupid in the process. Um, he, he just wanted to know what was going on. And so, Chris, I know that you are in a ministry context. You have a lead pastor there. Um, how do you and, and Cliff um, Johnson, your pastor, communicate during the course of the week or during the month? What does that look like at Garrett Memorial Baptist Church? Yeah, we have uh, a weekly staff meeting where we get to, you know, talk about all the different particulars of of ministry, of, of just what's going on in our church, what we want to, to happen, what we need to adjust, uh, that kind of stuff. And so um, that, that happens on a regular. He and I, I mean, we... We are friends, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, very thankful for that. And we, uh, so we have random lunches. You know, he and I, we had lunch today. Uh, we don't schedule those lunches, but we just randomly will get together and have lunch. Some weeks it's two to three times a week. Other times it might be one or none. But uh, that that happens where we get to just kind of let our hair down and have a good time together that way. Uh, one thing I really enjoy about Cliff is he's. Um, He's very open to, to just me walking into his office, which I have to be uh, <laughs> I have to be mindful of. Today I had a lot of coffee, and I feel like I, I really talked his ear off more than more than usual. So, um, I, of course, I blame that on the coffee. But you know, he, he's he's really good about um, you know just bringing me into the conversation of uh, what he's studying for preparation for Sunday uh, for preaching and asking my opinion and I, I've always enjoyed I, I just enjoy talking about the scripture with him and and so we have a good conversation that way and then uh, it hasn't happened recently because uh, some of our 
our schedules have changed, but for a long time, he and I worked out together uh, in the CrossFit gym. And so that was a, mm. a place that we were able to connect and that, that just offered a, another uh, type of conversation that would keep going each, each day as we saw each other. So those are just the different ways that he and I interact with other. I mean, there's a lot of others I, I could probably say, but I'd say those are the ones that I appreciate the most. The, um, one of the things that, that I'd, I would encourage you if you're listening and, and you're thinking about, okay, what am I teaching with my students? Those are things that you need to communicate to your pastor. Um, you need to stay on the same page. You want the church to go in one direction rather than just a whole bunch of different directions. And so as much as possible, I encourage you guys to, to be, um, teaching from the same book or te- be teaching on similar topics that your your pastor is leading the congregation in um, so that you're all on, on that same page. But it, that needs to be a part of that that communication and that, that that's going on, talking about what you're teaching. Um, you need him to speak into it. And uh, if you're praying together about the direction the church is, then you're seeing things and he needs to know that as well. Well, number four on our list is that we should connect with your pastor. Um, take your pastor to lunch or out for coffee. That's some of the stuff that, that Chris was talking about. Go work out with him if you have that opportunity. It's important that as a staff that you have a genuine relationship. Now, you may not have much in common. There may be a huge generation gap. That's one of the things that we talked about already. Uh, but you can always work at building that connection, making it stronger, finding some common ground. If nothing else, you love your church, you love the people in that church, Let's gather around that. Uh, Micah, I know that you love to connect with others. So what are some ways that you might suggest connecting with your lead pastor? You know, with Kerry Condray, one of the first uh, ministry pastors I worked with, um, he discipled me. Uh, he was the discipler of disciples, man. I mean, we he taught me how to be as a husband, like what to do after dinner, you know, how to conduct myself. Like with Rachel Cook, and I, you know, he just taught me all kinds of stuff, but well, one of the things oh, that we did, awesome. I mean, it was awesome. And he has just taught me the nuts and bolts and didn't like say, hey, sit down, let me teach you, which I, I appreciate and love that, of course. But, you know, he just did it in such an, a natural way that it didn't seem forced. It was like it was, you know, our plan. It just kind of, he just taught me stuff as he would invite us, me and Rachel over to him and his wife and his four kids' house um, under five. It was crazy. But he, he would teach us, like, you know, just by his actions. He'd be talking to us and Paige would finish you know, cooking dinner and he, she'd sit down and she'd just kind of take a deep breath and go, how are you, Rachel? And then I would look over and Carrie would be cleaning up after we'd already eaten. I mean, just absolutely taking everything and just putting it in boxes. And so I'd go over and help Carrie. And so anyways, well, the way we connected really besides that was playing basketball. I mean, guys, I think both of you know how to play basketball, right, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot about basketball. <laughs> you didn't technically answer my question. You dodged it. Is that, should I pe- press the issue a little? Can you play? No, you, you don't want to play me. Oh, good. All right, it'll be competitive. That's what I'm talking about. Dan, do you play? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I have. I actually played a little um, church league. Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. Man, I love to play. <laughs> My skills are in other areas. So <laughs> I love to play basketball. You know, and, and I did everything in, in high school. Just played a lot of sports, and so Carrie knew that, and so we we play basketball together. I mean, two times a week, and. Another thing Carrie and I did was we uh, we, we ate food together. You know, we ate in together. He, we, it was just us two on staff. So 
uh, kind of a, a small nucleus, but you know, we, we, we all yeah. loved each other. You know, my, my wife, probably the one of the only ladies my wife has truly, um, that, that has just poured into my wife was, was definitely Paige Condry. I mean, she just, she probably in a lot of ways saved and helped our marriage in, in so many ways with how Rachel and I talked to each other and, and not because of me, but just how she taught Rachel. And, <clears throat> but we, we'd go to the movies together and, you know, one night Carrie and I would go to a movie and, the girls would stay and watch the kids and the next week you know or next two weeks you know that we would watch the kids and they'd go to a movie it's just this awesome recurring you know organic relationship building and so i mean playing basketball you know but you know fast forwarding bobby harrell you know at a lot larger church in fort worth he he really enjoyed running and he was busy because it was a larger staff so i would try to catch up with him on twitter and find where his where he was and then just just start running side and beside him and uh, also those office, you know, Chris, you mentioned those office visits, you know, that, that was a way I walk in and I, I knew that he had so much on his plate and I'd say, Hey, I just need just about five minutes. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it always turned into like what felt like an hour because he would just sit and just pour, just tell me stuff, story after story of, you know, a question that I had and answering it and stuff. And, you know, fast forwarding to Daniel Williams at first Damascus, you know, basketball again, like we just loved ministry. We loved God. And, I'd go into his office and talk with him and, but we, he also liked RC planes. And so he'd fly those sometimes and you know, where, where our people were, him and I were at basketball games. And so we just did a lot of stuff together and even Gary Lambright and I, uh, you know, we would just, um, we were just big into solving problems. You know, uh, when it came down to, uh, big stuff in the church, he would, he'd invite me over and he would just, you know, he'd mention an issue and we would just sit there and just kind of talk about it, talk through it. And, uh, of course sports, you know, um, that was, we, we'd watch sports, which I'm not a big sports watcher. I'm, I'm a bit more into playing him, but you know, I sat there and we, we'd just hang out and, uh, watch last man standing. That was big. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'd work on, on his, his boat or go fishing or, you know, just there's, there's a lot of different ways. Eat, eat, we eat food, you know, that's a big one. Um, those are just kind of some things that I, that we've done over the years. So again, I told y'all before, both you and Dan and Chris, that you know whatever people are doing, I want to do. And so whatever the pastor does, whenever he takes off uh, during the week, I take off and kind of follow his lead in that. And uh, man, it's just been fruitful. It's been awesome watching uh, some of those relationships grow. That's one of the things that you said right there, is that when you take off, the pastor takes off, you would take off some of the best times that I've had with these men of God that I've served with is they've just taken me along with them. And so whether it was to association meeting and they wanted to introduce me to people, or it, I remember um, Brad Hoshaw when I was just a, a college guy finishing up at CBC, um, he would just take me places with him. I'd go to the printing shop or I'd go to the camera shop with him or, you know, just, and he would invest his life in me. Um, so, you know, sometimes we have to be intentional in that. Like Mikey, you mentioned tracking a pastor down, um, seeing where he was on Twitter. Um, but sometimes it, it is much more organic and I wish it would always be that way, but it's not. Uh, but man, when you really connect with your pastor, the last thing that we're looking at becomes super easy. We need to publicly support our pastor. As a staff member, you need to be your pastor's biggest supporter. If the church is doing something to honor him, you should be the one out front saying, he is so deserving of this, let's give. Uh, You may not always 
feel like being that voice, but the church needs the unity that this represents. If it's a ministry direction, jump on board. Let others see your excitement, and they're going to join in. Now, you may have to set your own wants and desires aside, and that means taking on the humility that Jesus exemplified. So we want to make much of our pastors. So what are some ways that you have honored your pastors in the past? This is one of those things where, um, you know, we can appreciate them publicly and we can appreciate them privately. Uh, In this context, you asked publicly, I think. And, um, you know, there are times where Cliff and his family may be out of out of town. They may be on vacation or something like that. And uh, I, I I try to uh, work a, a point into my sermon, uh, maybe at the beginning before we get started, just to just to remind our people of of uh, how thankful I am for him and how they should be too, and uh, and just to to take a minute to you know remind our our church, you know, the gift that we have uh, as, with you know with Cliff as our pastor, and so um, taking taking time like that to. Uh, just publicly uh, acknowledge, you know, who he is and and what God has has given us in him. That's awesome, man. That's really awesome. I, I think one thing I try to do, and I've tried to do, you know, um, even with the disagreements, you know, I, I I could wrestle and stay up sometimes at night with just some things I just was wrestling with and why we do what we do, and and people would. Um, it seems like people would at that time would come to my office. Did you guys find that true sometimes? Like, it's so weird. Like in the times where you're, and I don't mean like divisive or I just, I just mean when you're just wrestling with something that was said or done and you're just like, Hmm. And you're just kind of, you don't say anything, even to your wife, you don't say anything. And cause I think that's important, you know, dividing that. So, cause she can, she needs him to see him as pastor too. Um, but, but you kind of go, what, what was that about? And you're waiting to kind of just bring it up because of, you know, the hard, nature of what he's going to do after a sermon or after something happens and maybe he made a mistake and or whatever you know and you want to give room for that but it always seems like a st- somebody shows up and's like hey did you hear this and i'm like oh, i don't think you know he meant it that way but you know if, hey, if you have any concern you know you can um, go talk to him about it you know but i <laughs> but again you feel like you're in a way you're like making things harder on him but uh i try to always point people to him and and stand up for him even when he's not around and you know and even if I'm wrestling with the very thing that they're mentioning, you know, him and I can deal with that in private quarters and talk about, you know, what he meant. And, and, and typically each pastor I've worked for has, if they've had, when they've had those moments, you know, they have always graciously gone up and said, Hey, the next week or, you know, or next couple of weeks and said, Hey, when I, I just want to clear something real quick and they'll clear it up, you know? And uh, I just think it's very important to, to try to be a herald for them because it isn't an easy job. You know, and hey, student workers, you know, the, the, the jobs y'all work and it's it's not meaningless and it's very meaningful. And, you know, but the pastor is trying to fight your battles as well. And so I think it's gracious if we just try to return that back and fight battles. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to say for them, like, you know, we should be fighting like their battles for them. But, you know, but to go to battle for them in, in a way to encourage yeah. and, and speak um, solid biblical truth um, and, and give unity in those moments, you know, um, keep your heart unified and consecrated before God. Cause I think that's when, you know, the devil's playground, I think that's when, you know, those divisive thoughts and things can, can pop up for sure. 
It is, well, working with your pastor is not always easy. But if a staff member or volunteer is working well with the lead pastor, God is going to do some exciting things. Mm. And being that person that stands up for your your pastor, being that one that honors them, um, that is just powerful. You know, we have to ask our question, have you been intentional as you've worked with your pastor? Have you made an effort to honor him and to follow his leadership? When we submit to the authorities in our lives and truly partner together for the gospel, Jesus can bring about real success in our ministries. Well, on behalf of all of us at Student Ministry Matters, thanks for being with us today. We hope that you'll continue to join us as we seek to connect with other student ministry workers. Let me encourage you to keep serving because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.